Since Russia's full-scale invasion of Ukraine in February last year, over 70,000 possible war crimes have been committed by the Russian armed forces. The sheer volume of the work facing prosecutors is so big, it could take them decades to bring the perpetrators to court. There are thousands of videos of alleged atrocities circulating on social media. One such film appeared in the first week of March. This is the video, widely seen on Twitter. The man in the picture, an unarmed Ukrainian soldier. It's a video of an execution. With the help of Ukrainian producer Olga Malcheska, we have been investigating that video and the open source material that goes around it to make sense of what happened. It took several weeks, which reveals to us just how time-consuming one of these investigations will be. And a warning, some of this report is distressing from the start. The battle for Bakhmut. It is the longest sustained Russian assault of the war. And in the fight for control of the town and the routes to it, both sides have suffered grievously. Neither will divulge any accurate figure of how many have been killed. But in the midst of this savage conflict, there are some horrific crimes being committed. One of which was captured on film. When we set out on this investigation some weeks ago, we'd still not confirmed the name of the man in this video. The confusion around his identity had stemmed from the initial statement issued by the Ukrainian military. According to preliminary information, an armed soldier shot by Russian war criminals was Timofey Shadura from 30th Brigade. The final answer will be given by relevant examination. The name we were given was Timofey Shadura. This is him. He's from a village northwest of Kyiv, and you'll notice that he does in fact bear some resemblance to the dead soldier in our video. We know that Shadura had gone missing in the new year around the town of Zalitsnyanska. It's just 12 miles from Kaznahorda where the execution video was allegedly filmed. The army said the body was still lying behind enemy lines, but a journalist who'd spoken to the Ukrainian forces in that area questioned whether the dead man was in fact Timofey Shadora. The name now being circulated was Oleksandr Matsievsky. And from this picture, taken some time prior to his death, you'll see that this man has a cut and a plaster above the right eye, which matches what we see in the video. Now, we've since made contact with the man who was commanding Oleksandr's unit. We were set up in the bushes, which meant it was difficult to keep eyes on each other, difficult to communicate with all the blasts and shooting. In a calmer moment, the guys managed to get closer. And that's when they found the two bodies in a tiny trench. We knew they were ours, but we couldn't tell who they were. They had been stripped of their weapons. Oleksandr Matsievsky was 42, from Nezhyn, northeast of Kyiv. He was born in Moldova. He'd worked in Russia, was divorced with a son, and before the war had worked as an electrician. By March, when the video began to circulate, the family had, in fact, already been informed that Oleksandr was dead. A body had already been returned to them. From the Zin, 
We know that he'd gone to the front, where he'd been missing in action since December. Solidar had become a key target for Russia. This is video that was filmed around that same time of Russian soldiers coming under heavy fire, trying to advance on the town. Now, the family had been given very little detail on how he'd been killed, but then came this video of the execution, which by now was attracting worldwide attention. It was seen by his mother, Paraskovia. Here's the one interview that she's given to German media. It was evening. I Facebook. Фейсбуке и смотрю Саша вот вот этот вот этот кад самый ужасный вот этот расстрел и я я я смотрю и понимаю как бы это мой сын и я закричала Саша это был шок Саша также подтвердил и, и, и Мишка это наш папа У него была истерика. Это наш папа. Бабушка, это папа. Мама, это папа. Как он курит, как он стоит, как он... Это, на... это, было... это была страшная истерика, это, было... это был крик души, это, было... это плакал, сильно плакал. Просто плакал, рыдал в трубку. Now remember that until this point we thought and had reported that it was this man, Timofey Shadora. The world's media, including the BBC, had to issue a correction. From that moment, Alexander would become the image of the resistance. His face had been appearing all over social media and even in the artwork on the side of buildings. A week later, President Zelensky presented Alexander's mother with the Golden Star. Slava Ukraini! Slava Ukraini! Glory to Ukraine! which were Alexander's final words. So where was he killed? Why was he alone, seemingly isolated from his unit? And who were the Russians that killed him? Alexander had joined the fight in March 2022. His commander said he'd had less than two weeks training. He belonged to 163 Battalion, the 119 Brigade of the Territorial Defence Force. It's not a regular unit. They're volunteers, more like Dad's Army. And there are these units that are all over Ukraine. In fact, the BBC filmed such a team in Kharkiv last year. Usually, the line of command for these units is pretty vague. And putting it bluntly, these men and women are not normally at the front of the queue when it comes to the supply of weapons and ammunition. We don't have walkie-talkies for each soldier. We have one per unit, because having one for every soldier would be too expensive. One walkie-talkie costs 1,000 US dollars. I have machine guns in my unit from the 1930s. They are around 80 years old. And with machine guns on wheels, I'm expected to intercept the Shaheds, the Iranian-made drones. Since summer and until our trip to Bakhmut, my unit had shooting training, maybe three times, 30 rounds each time. So, who killed him? the inexperienced soldier with an old gun and limited ammunition. From our investigation, we have geolocated Alexander's last known position close to this farm track on the eastern outskirts of the town of Krasnohora. As the crow flies, it's around two miles from Solidar on the approach to Bakhmut. And you'll notice as we go closer in that there is this wooded area close to the farm track, which corresponds to the trees that we see behind Alexander 
in the video. In fact, we can be even more precise than that. We've uncovered the exact coordinates. Alexander died at this exact spot. But who was it that killed him? Without signals intelligence, which belongs to the army and the prosecutor, there's only so much we can do. But let's start with this map that was taken from the social media telegram channel of the Wagner Group. They are the Russian private military contractors, mercenaries, who've played a significant role in the fighting in this part of Ukraine. Now, this map is dated from the 30th of December, the very day that Alexander was executed. And if we take it and put it over the top of the Google map, you will see that this advancing red is practically right on top of Alexander's position. Now, for much of December, the Russian advance on Solidar had stalled, but on the 27th, three days before Alexander's death, the Russians, spearheaded by the Wagner Group, began advancing from the south and from the east. It's a classic pincer movement. These pictures from shortly after show Ukrainian military fighting back. You can see the ferocity of the fighting. The same day he was killed, the official telegram channel of the Russian Ministry of Defense claimed Russian forces in the town of Kloznohora conducting their special military operation have killed up to 50 Ukrainian military personnel. But there is a bitter divide between the Ministry of Defense and this man, Yevgeny Prigozhin, the man who runs Wagner. He was not about to let the army take credit for this advance. And here he is in Bakhmut in February, congratulating his men, who by that time had fought their way to the outskirts of the city. Around that same time, he was boasting on the social media messaging app Telegram that it was his men who had taken Kroznohora. In this post from Wagner's press office, they issue a statement which says, today, the assault units of the Wagner PMC took the settlement of Krasnaya That's Krasnohora. I want to emphasize, he goes on, that there is nobody else around Bakhmut, no other special units within around 50 kilometers. There are only fighters of the PMC Wagner who will take Mahmoud. And we have found within these very same channels of communication a series of photographs of his men inside the town. Now, again, we've geolocated these photographs. This one was taken at the western exit of Groznahora, and this one from within the town, this is outside the Artemovsky construction factory, puts them down here on the southwestern edge of the town. Now, many of these men who were fighting for Wagner at this time in eastern Ukraine were former Russian convicts who were offered pardons if they served and survived six months. In just the past week, some have returned to Russia, but many have not. There are Russian mothers and wives posting photographs on Telegram of loved ones who have simply disappeared. And in February, around the same time Alexander's body was returned to his family, there was film from Novosibirsk in Russia of scores of these unnamed coffins that had been returned from the same battle. Many were killed, many were killed, and some were captured. Our colleague Olga Machevska has spoken to the Prosecutor General of Ukraine about his investigation. Russians are uh, demolishing uh, the evidence and uh, uh, our uh, task is to try to find out everything possible once again. What tools do you have to identify those people who killed the unarmed soldier? Of course it will take time, uh, but you know one of the sources uh, we have uh, 
are uh, prisoners of war which are in our possession, we will try to concentrate our efforts uh, also not only with open source intelligence but other uh, sources of intelligence information in order to find who committed this crime. The video which started our investigation is of course a crucial piece of evidence. Alexander had clearly surrendered. We know he'd been stripped of his weapons. He was compliant, so much so that he was smoking a cigarette. The Geneva Convention states it is a war crime to kill a prisoner of war who has laid down his arms and surrendered. It states killing or wounding a combatant who had laid down his arms or having no longer means of defence has surrendered at discretion is a war crime. It's intentional execution of the prisoner of war, so which uh, violate all possible international humanitarian law uh, obligations. How many Russian war crimes have you documented so far? Uh, we have uh, documented over 72,000 incidents of war crimes. How much resource does it take to document each war crime? Some of them uh, took uh, months and they are still committed on Ukrainian land and against Ukrainian people.